Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Shinita Liu. She's an expert in activating courage and beating burnout. TEDx speaker, mother, and healer. Shinita, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. So I love the photo on LinkedIn where you're holding something in your hands. I don't know what it is. It looks like a, a, a gem of sorts. I don't even know if you know what's on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, it's a lotus flower. Um, oh. It's actually an incense holder that was gifted to me. And I, you know, part of the work I do as a coach is, is healing and transformation. And so that little incense holder that looks like a lotus is also just uh, significant of the kind of different modalities that I dabble in um, that are also part of my work. Well, let's be specific because I don't want to assume our guests know what modality healing means. So specifically, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like a lotus symbolizes what? So I grew up in the Hindu religion and the lotus flower is one of the most significant um, sort of iconic uh, images that you would see. And they're usually tied to goddesses. And so there's just like a lot of power and transformation. You may see them in yoga as well. Um, but they are these very sort of sacred, but also play a central role to a lot of these kind of Asian um, practices, faith-based, uh, et cetera, if that makes sense. Interesting. And when you talk about healing, what specifically do you mean? Well, as a transformational life coach, I am helping folks shift their mindsets and behaviors so that they can reach their goals. But when you are feeling scared, when you are feeling stuck, there are things that are blocking you up. There are limiting beliefs. There are, you know, conditioning that we all received in our various cultures and upbringings. And those things cause wounds. Those things, you know, live in your body. And so when I say that I'm a healer, the kind of work that I do, the techniques and tools that I'll arm my clients with, you know, these are there to heal up the wounds. Those are there to heal up anything that's not serving you anymore. Because you better believe the wound you had from 10 years ago, if you don't work through that, that didn't go away. And so it's just important that folks feel like they are not just achieving their goal, right? But you're working through the things that are blocking you up so you can get there. Great. I'm looking at your profile and it looks like you've done a lot of great things specifically with nonprofits and educations. I've heard of the Posse Foundation and KIPP. So tell us how you went from that world to where you're currently healing people. Yes, my work has been primarily in education and nonprofit spaces. I am a first generation low income student and being able to serve other first gen and low income students across the country is something that was really important to me. So my career is rooted in public service. And when I was coaching college students, I found that 
even if we gave them a rubric or a guide or here are all the steps to do X, Y, and Z so that you can succeed and complete college, there were times when they felt stuck. There were times when they felt like they couldn't go further. And I thought, well, that's just not a college student problem, right? That's everybody problem. You know, how many times do you say, I'm going to go to the gym and then you don't because something holds you back, right? And so um, I had enrolled in a coaching certification program originally with the idea of, oh, I'm going to use the skill set to support my students and then I realized how transformative it was for my own life because I found myself sobbing on the New York City subway back in 2015 when I was burned out and coaching transformed my life it helped me reconnect to my courage and my power my strength three things I forgot I had because I had been so busy people pleasing and checking off all the boxes and trying to be the good worker and the good student and all the things and so that's so I ended up being in education, but then also sort of pivoting into my own entrepreneurial pursuits so that I could support other people who were feeling stuck, who were feeling burned out, who were feeling scared about whatever was coming up for them. Now that's great. And given that you've had various turning points in your life, courage really is important to that. And your speech about an unconventional way to activate courage. So, so talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so that year when I burned out, I was scared of letting other people down. I had worked so hard to get where I was in my career that I was scared to let go of the financial stability and the professional accolades that I had worked so hard to achieve. And coaching reconnected me to my courage. And when my coach said, hey, I want you to tune in and I want you to think about who's your metaphor for courage, this fiercest Indian goddess named Durga Mash, or we call her Mother Durga, came up. And I was like, say what? Like, <laughs> what is this fierce warrior goddess coming up to me for? Like, this this is really, you know, like this was just bizarre to me. And it turns out that through that coaching, I learned that we can all connect to our courage. It's not somewhere outside of us. It's actually inside of us. And it doesn't matter who or what you believe in, whether or not you're based in a certain faith or practice, we all have a courage metaphor. And so in that talk, I am expanding on not just my experience, but I'm taking folks through exercises to help them identify their courage metaphor and connect with their courage so that they know how to activate it. But then also, how do you stay courageous? Because the fears are always gonna come back. You're never gonna just arrive, right? Like you're gonna have to figure out what tools do I have inside of me to get through these really hard times? And so that's what the talk is all about, just drawing from the experiences of my clients, but also helping people experience in real time what it means to activate your courage. That's great. So talk to us about some of your clients and walk us through some ways that you help them with their lives. Yeah, so I serve clients one-on-one -on -one through virtual coaching, or I also do group workshops. And nowadays, given the pandemic, I'm doing a lot of virtual workshops for different groups, organizations, and teams. And so, you know, when I'm working with a one-on-one -on -one client or a group client, I am holding space for folks to get really crystal clear on what do they need and getting crystal clear on what's stopping you. 
What's holding you back? What are your limiting beliefs? What are the mindsets and behaviors that we have to shift so that you don't feel scared anymore? Or that even if that circumstance that you can't control is still there, how do we how do we picture what's possible and how do we figure out action and accountability? Because it's one thing to be like, oh, I feel better and here's my next step. But the only way you're going to get to your success is if you follow through. What accountability are you putting into place to make sure that you persevere, to make sure that you keep going and that you achieve what you said you wanted to do? That's great. What do you find most inspiring about your work? Because again, you already were doing great work in the education space and the nonprofit space and your own personal story. But now that you're working with other clients of yours, it's a different type of pivot. So what do you feel that you most enjoy? Because clearly you have done stuff of value and of substance and of heart-centered meaning. But now, what do you think you most enjoy now about the court work you do now? Yeah, and thank you for that. I think now more than ever, especially being an entrepreneur and having to go through all the humps of the learning curves and all the fears of, am I enough? Am I an imposter? You know, can I even do this? And now, you know, going on five years later, having built my business and my career, I think now more than ever, I just want to be a demonstration of courage. And that could be to men, that could be to women, that could be to young people. I think working in education helped me, um, build relationships and get a really firm understanding of young people and youth. But I think in my own business, I'm here to support adults as well. And I think what's been really interesting to see is that just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. Just because you're a CEO or um, you made it this far in your life, you're a VP doesn't mean that you don't need help, that you don't need support, that you you know, there, there's so much that we didn't learn, right? That we kind of bypass growing up because they don't teach you all these life skills in school. So it's, you know, when I see a strong mother out there who just wants to get better at what she does or a strong CEO trying to build and grow their business, like I just want to be there to support that because I know how hard it is. And I swear, I wish everybody could be a coach because the kind of tools and techniques and skills you get from that, you can use them all the time, anywhere, any place. No, that's a great point. I mean, everyone should have a coach and be a coach, frankly, because it's, it's funny how sometimes people who aren't familiar with the coaching world and whatnot, like, yeah, I don't need a coach. And yet if you look at any athlete, any Olympian, any professional, they all have coaches because when have you ever achieved excellence without a coach? But unfortunately in this world, sometimes they don't see it and that's, it is what it is. Right. But for our listeners, I want you to consider this as well, because I used to teach in high school for three years. I'm a corporate guy. I worked in American Express and I've had my company for 20 plus years, different companies. But when I worked in a high school for Aris Teens, I realized one profound truth, which I didn't see in the corporate jobs, which is in the corporate world, I never always saw people that were on the same page in terms of the intention. Some of it was internal. Some of it was for their own good or the company good. But when I was at the school, I just found that it was just so cool. It's not that I liked all my employees, but I just knew that it was a great unifying force to know that we all have the intention to help and serve our students. So for our listeners, hopefully you use Shanita as an example because not only an entrepreneur, but the education is so important because it really unifies your message when you're able to have that understanding. And I highly encourage everyone, frankly, to teach at a school at one point, especially with at-risk teens, because it just makes you appreciate things more and it gives you a perspective in terms of a shared vision. So Shanita, thanks so much for being on our podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you? 
Yes, you can definitely visit my website, coachshanita.com, but there's a special link I'd love for everyone to activate their courage, especially during these times of major, major, major uncertainty. So if you head to coachshanita.com slash courage, not will you only have access to my courage activation exercise, which is a short downloadable audio, but then you can also see the full TEDx talk where I really dig in deep with my story, as well as the power of getting courageous and staying courageous. Great. Shanita, thanks again for being on our podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.